0: Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back peeps. Well today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I am going to be talking about caregiving and dementia. What are some of the ways that you can take care of yourself while you take care of others? And the reason I am doing this is because I recently saw Bruce Willis's wife Emma um, in a video where she was holding back tears and saying that, you know, she was going out and doing some errands and even though she has a smile on her face and people see her seemingly looking happy, she is really struggling and, and just trying to take a breath in between this really hard caregiving season with her husband. We all know and love Bruce Willis and it's just um, it's it's really hard to watch both all the whole family, like everybody is children and everyone watch him decline and, um, and just have to maneuver into this new situation. It's something, it's kind of interesting too. I, you know, might do a a episode at some point of when you get longer into your marriage years, you end up having to kind of care give in certain areas because we both start getting older (laughs) and we both have different ailments and different, um, sometimes different diseases and things that we have to maneuver. So that may be a future episode, but this one hit a soft spot for me. I just started tearing up when I saw her because I remember taking care of my mom through dementia and it was such a hard time. And sometimes I look back and go, how in the world did I take care of my mom for 16 years, the last probably three years declining health and then full on going into dementia while I was raising children like it was such a crazy time and I think you just do what you do because you don't have a choice sometimes like I was the only child that could really that was willing to handle her I wasn't the only child that could have taken care of her but I was I was the chosen one I guess and so I just really wanted to do an episode on caregiving and dementia and just some ways that you can take care of yourself while you're in the midst of this. So um, I'm going to specifically talk about dementia today because that's the the thing that my mom had and this is one of the things that Bruce Willis has and I didn't realize there was different types of dementia so I'm just going to get some statistics out of the way I kind of looked up some different things. So dementia, what is it? It's memory loss, and it affects 5.8 million people in the United States. It's an Alzheimer-related disease, and dementia includes 5.6 million aged 65 years and older with about 200,000 under the age of 65 with younger onset Alzheimer's. Did not know that that was even a thing. Bruce Willis has FTD or frontal temporal dementia, and it's the leading cause or the most common of dementia for people 60 years of age and under. This is the one that's scary. By the, they estimate that by the year 2060, it will rise to 14 million with the minority population being affected the most women are nearly two times more likely to get this disease and all this to be said that being a caregiver is probably just the hardest job if you will no one wants that job and i say that loosely but the hardest job that you will ever take on as a child as a wife as a sibling just the hardest um so in the beginning i will i'll just kind of emphasize some things that happened with my mom that got me thinking, like, something's not right here. And I think I've talked about this before, but it was such a strange time. My mom was already difficult (laughs) just on the daily. I already thought she was crazy. Um, Just from some of her behaviors, I was like, this woman is not healthy. But most of the time, she pretty much made sense. And so even if she was, you know, angry about it, But during the time when she started becoming housebound because she had broken the second hip and then her whole hip needed to be replaced, she just got scared and didn't leave the house. And so she was home, would just be home, watching TV, sitting in her favorite chair. She lived in a studio apartment. There wasn't a lot of places to go. She used to just walk around like the apartment building a little bit she would have visitors and stuff but towards the end like she kind of just became housebound completely so I would go in and and take care of her most days not every single day but most days I would just check in on her and then I'd take a couple days and then go back and check on her prepare her meals like I was always making sure she had food and her laundry was done and she was bathed and all of that so The beginning stages that I noticed something was a little off was the repeated patterns of things, um, forgetting people's names, which we've all done. By the way, I remember one time when my best friend was standing next to me and I went to introduce her to someone she didn't know and I completely forgot her name. It's the most embarrassing thing ever. I'm like, and this is my friend. I don't know. (laughs) know what her name is and she had to say her name she looked at me like are you crazy and I was like I literally my brain just went blank which is the scariest thing ever and as you get older it it does happen from time to time now there's a difference if it's happening not just with names but like all kinds of things like you go to the store and you forget where you are and why you're there And you forget how to get home, like those kind of things. That's those are serious things. Um, all of us have left the store and and went, Where's my car? I forgot where I parked. I try to purposely remember that as I get out of the car. Okay, you're over on the left side of the parking lot, you are right next to the cart station. Like I try to do different things like that with myself to keep my brain active. I also do a lot of puzzles, which I think really helps. So I think, you know, even some of those games on your computer or your phone, like where it's just utilizing your brain really helps. But this is kind of can be the beginning of something that is much deeper. And so if this is a regular occurrence where you're just, you know, blanking out, hours in a day or you know 20 minutes in a day something where you just don't even know like where you've been or what's happening it's time to really get checked about that my mom started off with folding Kleenex <laughs> so one one time she I came in to check on her and make her lunch and she had taken all the Kleenex out of the Kleenex box folded it very neatly into a tower of Kleenex. When I asked her about it, she said, I didn't do that. Okay, that that's a problem because you live in a studio apartment. No one lives with you. There's There's no one else that could have come in and done that. So at the time I said, oh, is it the Kleenex elves? Like what happened? Like what's going on? And so we kind of laughed about it, but then it was like a slow build where she would leave food out on the counter and then I would come the next day and it's like, you know, the cheese is warm, which you can't eat it. And of course, anyone that has a parent that was born in the 1920s that went through the depression, they're like, it's fine. Just throw it back in the fridge. Like they don't want to throw anything away. And I'm like, mom, it's not good. Like it's been sitting out for 24 hours. It's warm. It's it's not it's. We can't eat it. And she would get so upset with me. And I swear there was a couple times where I threw things away and she went back in the garbage and put it back in the <laughs> fridge. And so things like that stuff was left out. One time the stove was on and, you know, I was like, you cannot do this. It's not good for you. And if this is dangerous and she swore she didn't do it and and so there's this compa- combative kind of thing so when you're a caregiver it's like you're literally putting out fires <laughs> you you're running around trying to find these things that can give them comfort but also trying to do things that were they're kind of destroying stuff and then you're trying to cover it up and fix it and all of that so it can be an exhausting exhausting Job, if you will. And so when I saw Emma Willis, you know, with tears in her eyes saying like, I'm just trying to survive. And like, she was literally out not to have fun, not to get away from it all. She was literally just trying to preserve her mental health and, and also take a break and just take a breath she loves her husband dearly. I'm sure it was just extremely a hard day and she needed to just get out and just run some errands and, and breathe and be somewhat normal for a few hours, not having to think ahead or just cover all the things that is happening. Like it's like really going back to childhood, to taking care of children. And that's why it reminded me of this, of When I was taking care of my mom, I was also raising my girls. So I felt like I had three children (laughs) at the same time because their um, demeanor becomes childlike. And so there were certain things where my mom was very childlike. She started becoming very childlike in her demeanor. And so it was was really crazy to think of. I didn't know anything about dementia. And so I didn't really even know that this was happening. And so the last part was when towards the end, As anyone that knows someone that has dementia, they become alive at night. And so, and there's a name for it. And I just lost, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. I can't remember what it's called, but there's actually a name for it. And so they become alive at night. They're very active. And so she would get up and just start banging pots and pans around. And she wasn't really cooking because I never saw anything cooked, but there was notes being left on her door. So one would come the next day There'd be notes on her door saying, can you please be quiet? It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to get up. I have to get up for work the next day. I'm trying to sleep. I can hear you stomping around, banging pots and pans, whatever. And so then I would have to go to the neighbors and apologize and tell my mom, you can't do that. And I didn't realize that that's what was happening. I knew something was a little off, but I was like, why is she doing that? Well, then the visiting nurse came, and I was kind of telling her and describing her, and she's like, oh, she may have beginning parts of dementia, and so we started really eyeballing that a little bit more, trying to get my mom some help and some medication, which, of course, she didn't want to take, and it was a whole thing, and so... The last part was when she was standing in the doorway of her apartment building, which I told you, it's a, it's a studio. There's, it's a bathroom and a room. Like there's no, like there's a kitchen area and her living room and that's it. She slept on the couch towards the end. She slept in a revolving, like a recliner chair and, um, and she was standing in the hallway and she was completely naked and saying that she was being sexually attacked by a man. People went in there, they checked the closet, they checked you know the bat there was nothing like they checked her little room and they said there's nobody in there and she was screaming uncontrollably. They had to call 911. the ambulance came and took her to the hospital and that's when the visiting nurse came and said she's gonna have to be put into a home because she she can't take care of herself. honestly, I wouldn't be able to take care of her at that point. Because of the delusions, I would be up 24-7. And this is the place where I see a lot of caring people doing this. Now, if you are someone who is at a place where you can have hired help come in, which I'm sure Emma has people that can come and that's why she could go out and take a break. I had a friend who also was able to do this with her husband that is the perfect scenario where they can spend their days happily in their home. But in my mom's case, she wasn't even really coherent of what was going on day to day. And so they said, you know, she, she really needs to be in a home where a lot of people can take care of her and and also monitor her. So if she does get up in the middle of the night, there's nurses there that can help her. And so that's what we did. And, um, And I remember my mom being really upset by that. And one of the things they said is, don't let her be mad at you. Just blame the doctors. (laughs) Just say, well, as soon as the doctors tell you you can go home, then you can go home. Because that's what she kept crying. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I'm like, I know, I know. And so I would say that to her. And she's like, Okay, so the doctors are going to. I'm like, yeah, the doctors will let me know when you can go home. Well, of course, her disease got worse and worse. And so that question wasn't even brought up after the first couple months. She was just in another place. Then she hit a really soft place where she was very happy because she was on the right medication. It was probably the happiest I'd ever seen her and the calmest. And then she went into um, kind of a period where she was afraid of everybody. And then towards the end, she didn't recognize me I came in one day and she had no idea who I was it was the most heartbreaking thing I think I've ever witnessed uh, never didn't expect that and I sat there awkwardly for 20 minutes while she glared at me and I said well I guess I'm gonna go <laughs> and and she just didn't talk to me at all and then shortly after that she went in, she just went into a coma but it was probably 10 months uh, from the time we admitted her. Her disease went really fast. My friend's disease with her husband went very slow. It was years. And there were different um, medications that he took that actually helped at some point, and then it didn't help. And there, there just was a lot of different... It was a long, long haul. I imagine this is going to be the same way with the Willises. Like, it's just a slow progression. And And so each step, you know, you just you learn through that and you endure through that. And so I I just wanted to take a minute to tell anyone who is going through being a caregiver through someone who has dementia that it is so layered. There's so many different things that they go through and so many different dimensions of like having it get worse and worse and so I want you to just be gentle and kind to yourself because it is such a lonely lonely thing when there's other people who don't understand what this disease is about or don't understand the caregiving part at all that are just like ah just put him somewhere it's fine that had to be a last resort for me because I didn't want my mom to be in a place where she was uncomfortable even though through this whole life, my mom was not kind to me. The empathetic part in me couldn't just be cruel and put her somewhere where she was uncomfortable when she actually could stay in her place for that short of time until it came to that place where I was like, okay, now it's becoming too much for me to handle and for the visiting nurse to handle. So we're going to have to put her somewhere else. You are the only person that knows when that has to be or if it has to be my friend's husband was able to he was able to stay in his home until the very end they had beautiful times together he remembered certain things through music um, there was just so many beautiful moments and I think if you're able to do that that's wonderful but here's a suggestion I'm going to give you. Please have other people that surround you, that can stay with you, that can be with you, that can help you because you cannot do this alone. It will kill you. It will, it will take you out. And nobody needs to wreck their body in that way in the name of like, oh, but I need to be there for this person. They know that you're there. They know that you love them. They would not expect you to do that. yourself. And so I'm giving you permission, please, whatever kind of help, whether that's through another friend that comes and stays with you, because if they get up in the middle of the night, can you take shifts? Are there uh, medical people that can come in and help? Is there hospice? Like there's all these different things that I learned through my mom's experience that I was able to walk through and see that I didn't have to be alone. I also got permission from the therapist uh, at the nursing home that said, please, like, go home. Enjoy your life. We're here. We got her. You don't need to come in every single day. You've been a great daughter. You've helped her immensely. And that relief of, like, like, I literally, I think I just just went, oh, and I just started bawling because no one had given me permission to take a break. No one had said, Phyllis, you don't have to be the end-all be-all in this situation. This is where you need a village, people. This is where you need to ask for help. Do not play hero in this situation. It will destroy your health. And sometimes I've seen people get sicker from being the caregiver than the actual patient. (laughs) So don't let that happen to you. Give it a balance. Give yourself a break. I want to applaud Emma for going out and taking a break and taking a breath and crying it out and doing what she needs to do because that's the healthiest way that you can do to maneuver caregiving through this dementia journey I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next time bye peeps thank you so much for tuning in today if you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps!